tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to another after show for Madam Secretary, Season 1, Episode 18, The Time is at Hand. Of course, you can find us on YouTube.com slash AfterBuzzTV and also on SoundCloud, Twitter, Instagram, at AfterBuzzTV. I'm Sterling Cates, and you can find me on Twitter at Sterling Cates, and joining me is April Wissenhan. Hey, you can find me on Twitter at April Wissenhan. Woo-woo! All right, so let's get on into it. Yeah. Uh, we finally have some Henry back in action. Thank God. Yes. I loved how this episode was kind of centered around him because, I mean, everyone knows we love Henry. We love yes. everyone, but we love yes. Henry. So for those of you tuning in, before we come and do this after show, we watch the episode together and we kind of, you know, talk about it there, but save most of it for the talk. But mm-hmm. uh, April says, I really am into this episode. And <laughs> obviously because Henry is the main part of it. Exactly. That, at least for me anyway. That was... You know, me too. Him being in the forefront of all the action, not only at home, but also in on the whole political aspect of it as well. I always love seeing him. I do too. And I love seeing him be able to express his intelligence. And it's so funny to me, the comment that Stevie made at the very end, like, I don't just, are you sitting in buildings and do this? It's like, do you know what your dad just did? I mean, clearly she doesn't because she can't. Yeah. But I love seeing him being like conversating with the minister and everything and just kind of showing that like, hey, yes, I am the Secretary of State's husband, but like, no, I'm completely legitimate and awesome. Right. Well, even with what she does know that he does for a living, that comment was way off. Yeah. What's new? Because, I mean, he's a professor. He does a lot of things. He doesn't just sit around. Mm -hmm. Anyways, but we don't, you know, Stevie can be that way sometimes. Yes. So. She's a little little stubborn. Yeah. Like her mom. I know. Well, we'll talk more about her in just a second. Yes. But before we get to Stevie, um, so we start off this episode at the Society for Global Aid Gala, mm-hmm. where um, Elizabeth is giving a speech written by Matt. It's a hit. It's a hit. It's funny. <laughs> We've got laughter at the right moments, mm-hmm. and everything's happening as planned. Um, she's, you know, kind of roasting certain people, like Russell. And- I was nervous about him for a second. I'm like, what is she going to say? But yeah. then it was okay. Yeah. And, um, and we, they cut to Matt a lot, you know, mouthing the words <laughs> to the speech. And that was, that was a good, that was a cute moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so her, her speech was successful. And afterwards, Matt is approached by Zach, mm-hmm. who he used to go to school with, um, to, at some level. They said senior year. So I don't, I'm assuming that was college right. or whatever. Um, but Zach is now head of this huge production of, mm-hmm. is it Fusillade Press? That's what we're, we're thinking it's called Fusilade. Yeah. Um, but apparently it has a huge outreach. It's highly renowned. In and the everyone circle. in their office reads it. Yeah. So um, Zach offers to do an exclusive with Matt mm-hmm. um, to kind of cover, you know, this guy just did this really, wrote this successful speech for the Secretary of State. Mm-hmm. Um, you should look out for him in the future, blah, blah, blah. 
Um, so they end up doing an interview with Matt and it comes out the next day as like he's the next like one to watch right. situation. Um, so I don't know. And so Matt kind of gets like a big head from all of that. What did the you think about that? Those were ridiculous. I mean, come on. And I get it because, you know, it's just like we see Mike B say later, you know, like go back into your little hole pretty much. But he's not used to getting the recognition. And because the Secretary of State has to get all the recognition. So he gets a little bit and he just takes it way too far. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, I mean, good for him that he gets this recognition finally, whatever. But I feel like when he does have a job like the one he has, he isn't writing for Colbert or he isn't writing for exactly. a show like that. He's writing for the Secretary of State. Mm-hmm. He, like Mike B said, he is there to make one person look good and that person is not himself. Right. So, yeah, I thought the whole him coming in with glasses and this, like, nice suit and the whole thing was overboard for yeah. sure. But it was funny, but... You know, it, the point was he's not the one there to right. be the famous one. And see, he even knows that, like, having this job, he has to know that. And right. obviously, we as a nation know that the speeches that our leaders make aren't written by them. Even if, you know, the points or whatever, most of the time they are written by a writer. And it, But it is, like, when you kind of really get to thinking about that, it kind of takes your level of respect down a little bit. So it's like, oh, doing an article about how awesome I am and about how I wrote this speech that our Secretary of State, like, killed it with, that kind of takes it down a notch. And Mike B is always yeah. just trying to project her up, Left as they all up. should be, but he clearly gets very pissed well, at right. Matt. Well, yeah, and with him doing an interview like this, it's kind of like he, those are all of his words, not right. Madam Secretary's words, and mm-hmm. she has that position where you would want all of those words to be hers. Um, exactly. But then the only other thing I have to say about that is when the interview is offered to Matt, Daisy's there, and she seems very approving of it. Right. Um, and you would think if anyone were to have any red flags about it, it would be her just because she is head of PR. Right. Um, and, you know, if she saw a problem with it or didn't see a problem with it, then I would trust that judgment. But she seemed to think it was fine. I think so, too. And so I thought that was kind of weird because even whenever he was accepting it and saying, like, yes, I want to do this, in my mind, I'm kind of like, oh, I don't know if he can do that. Right. Um, But maybe she just didn't think that it would go the way that he was thinking. Maybe it was more like of an expose, but not about... Like, oh, I write this and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Instead of a, this is the next up and coming writer, blah, blah, blah. Right. But so even when he she, he came into the office the next day, she was like, I think you're overdoing it just yeah. a little. I just didn't need <laughs> the glasses. Let's take the sunglasses off. Uh, yeah. Uh, but again, I love Mike, Mike B so much. I love his addition to the show. And um, probably my favorite line of the show is when he says, uh, shut you. up and sit down. And he's like, I thought you were talking about your dog. I would never like, use that tone with Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gordon's at daycare, and I would never speak to him that way. <laughs> so, yeah, that was great. I love him. He, so he just has, like, little parts of each episode, mm-hmm. but they're always the, the highlight. Hit. Yeah, mm-hmm. highlight. Um, so let's get into the next topic before we get into the huge overarching thing. So we have Stevie. We'll go back to her. Uh, we know that she's been having this – she's had this unpaid internship with the microloans um, place and we see right. them kind of horsing around the office in the beginning and there's like a younger attractive guy who I thought I was like oh she's got a little romance me there. too and uh, but we see the boss Arthur looking from through the door or whatever mm-hmm. at her and him kind of flirting and that was kind of weird he but doesn't necessarily like it yeah so we find out later she's like dressing up nice to go to work early mm-hmm. and um, she has a date and um, he comes 
to the house where Elizabeth and Henry are. And he had to sign in with security and everything. So clearly, like, the jig is going to be up. Yeah. And Stevie hadn't, hasn't told her parents yet right. about about that she's dating not only her boss. But her 39-year-old boss. Yeah. He's 39. He has an 8-year-old daughter. She basically just graduated high school. So he's twice her age. She can't drink. Yeah. That, I thought that was so funny whenever Henry's like, oh, have it, like, would you like a drink? I mean, Stevie's not of age yet. But, but you look like you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, they're not just going to let Stevie just go off on her own once they realize what's happening here. Right. So, they invite um, Arthur in to kind of get to know him. Mm-hmm. They're picking his brain about, you know, how he got to where he is. He, you know, says he's had a daughter. He was married before. Mm-hmm. He used to protest. Right. And he's the 1% and this whole thing. And Henry's kind of giving him a hard time and... As he should be. Yeah, as he because should be. There's gotta be, I mean, clearly, even Arthur says at one point, he's like, you know, the things that, you know, I don't go, I don't follow the rules, or I don't always like following the rules, and the times that I haven't followed them, it's turned out to be great. And then we see Stevie, like, lovingly grab his hand, and that sort of thing, and I'm just like, huh? Yeah, it was a lot. And you see Elizabeth Hen- and Henry kind of, like, uh, yeah. like, get feeling really uncomfortable and not approving. But I think they did a good job considering, you know, Absolutely. of not being like, you need to not never see my daughter again, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. I thought they put on a very good front yeah. for the most part. They only cringed when Stevie turned. Right. <laughs> well, it's just like, so the last we kind of saw of this guy was the first time we really met him and was right when she started working for the microloan program. And you remember there was like kind of like a flirty little tension between them. Yeah. And so now this is this developed thing because clearly it's been happening for a while, but it just seemed like too far along and too progressed. Yeah, I guess it's a lot has been happening at the office that we don't see. Right. Um, But yeah, so I guess we'll see more and more about their relationship. Mm -hmm. I was hoping it would be that other guy that was like spinning her around in the chair. But I guess that's what they... Too easy for them. I guess that's what they wanted us to think. Um, But yeah, so we later we do see Henry and Stevie talking about it and how, you know, Henry doesn't necessarily approve and Mm -hmm. they're kind of butting heads there. Um, but I thought Henry brought up a good point about Arthur having very strong convic- convictions and that's right. completely fine. Mm-hmm. Everyone should have their own opinions on things. But he didn't like how Stevie was automatically just having those same convictions that Arthur right. has and right s- off the bat. And she does that with so many things. And they kind of, you know, she's their daughter. So that clearly they know, like, and some some people are just that way. I've been the same way before where you kind of, like, get, like, a fad in your life and you're super into it. And then it's like, ah. Eh. Yeah. Not so much. But, I mean, Stevie... But when it's, like, inf- influenced by someone you're right. in a relationship with or whatever, then that definitely is alarming, especially to parents. Exactly. And she's she's so young. Her mind is so moldable at this point. Henry is absolutely 100% correct in saying, like, I want her to have her own opinions. And if she believes it's because that's her belief, then so be it. But he wants her to make those decisions for herself, right. not because her influential boyfriend puts them in her mind. Exactly. And I'm really glad you said that because that goes along with this whole next topic of the religious cult. And the whole point of them going down there is so that the people who are in this cult can make the decision whether or not they still want to be there for the mass suicide or whatever. So we'll get into that more. But kind of on a way, way smaller level is Henry, you know, he just got back from this trip. He's wanting her to know that she needs to make her own 
ideas and opinions about certain things and not be so persuaded by other people. Mm -hmm. Um, But that is obviously a much smaller level of what's actually happening in Bolivia um, in this episode. Um, So there is the Covenant of John, which is a religious group Mm -hmm. um, that is led by Reverend Wesley Finch. And um, basically they, they, it's this whole mass suicide that is going to happen because they think the end of the world's coming. Right. And so they have this huge cult in Bolivia. Mm-hmm. And um, so a father comes to Madam Secretary, approaches her, basically attacks her yeah. at um, the Society for the Global Aid Her detail was freaking out. They're yeah, like, they were, every, every time, time he, he like, were trying to like reach for her, she they were just like <laughs> grabbing. Yeah, he was very aggressive. He was. But the reason that he was there is the congressman, Larry Ames, had sent him there um, who and sent him to go there because they couldn't get in touch with the State Department or they got an appointment for months away or whatever, but this is all happening right now. So Mm -hmm. they just wanted to get to her. And his daughter is in... The, right. is in the group and it's in the cult and he wants to save her. Yeah, so his daughter, Christine, is a member of this thing, is Mm -hmm. very passionate about it and he knows that this mass suicide is going to happen because they sent a letter an email to all of the families saying that this was going to happen. So obviously this is a huge thing because there's lots of U.S. citizens involved Mm -hmm. um, and it's in another country so this is put on Madam Secretary's plate. Exactly. Just because that comes along with the territory. Yeah. Um, but they, the, what her team has to do is figure out how they can prevent this mass suicide without interfering with a religious freedom. Exactly. And to me, it's like, ultimately, there is no, like, perfect way other than kind of how they did it because you have to at least, like, or they wanted to give them the option to leave, like you said, but you also can't force someone to to leave. Yeah. If they're there by choice, they're not doing anything illegal. I mean, technically killing yourself isn't a crime. Illegal. I guess. Well, yeah. Yeah. well, how can it be illegal? But Right. Well, I thought it was a good great point. Well, naturally she tells Henry about what's happening because he is this world-renowned religious scholar. Right. He knows all about this. He knows all of the literature. He knows everything because mm-hmm. he teaches it and yeah. he's obviously a doctor in that. Um, area. So she's talking to him about it, asking him to look into it. That's mm-hmm. the only extent of it. Um, and he, Henry then brings up a really good point about, you know, she's, cause she's figuring out a way how we can talk them out of it. Right. And he, I liked his point that when he said, um, you, these are their beliefs. Mm-hmm. You can't really just talk someone out of their beliefs. Exactly. And you know, no matter how crazy they are, they or believe how, it. Yeah. They believe it. And so you can't just, you know, I don't think you should do that. And then they don't do it. But if someone is, you know, has these very strong convictions Mm -hmm. that the world is ending, I mean, you can't just call them up and say, it's not actually ending. You know what I mean? So you have to find another way around it. And they keep comparing it to the Waco situation, which obviously ended very badly after government intervention, because that was basically just like a forced thing by the government. And then it ended terribly, obviously. And so they're trying to figure out a different way to go about it. And basically, without the help of Bolivia, the Bolivian government, because she even talks to, I think, the ambassador? Yeah, so it's the Bolivia ambassador who is in Orange is the New Black. Yes. Yeah. As as I saw, like, oh. <laughs> yeah. So, um, love seeing her. Me too. And, um, so they need to convince Bolivia that there is a threat mm-hmm. happening. Um, but uh, w- uh, with the history with Bolivia, they weren't 
she said she, they were underwhelmed. So they needed more right. in order to take action. Well, because but there was the situation where the DEA went in there. They were thought like some illegal activity was happening at a plant, but it turned out it wasn't. Lots of Bolivian citizens were killed. Obviously, it was it was, it was a mistake on our government's part, but yeah. they're still not over it. And so in order to give us any help, they're like, uh, you saying that these people are going to commit suicide isn't enough for us right. to like give you aid or to let you send in a team either. So they needed more. But after that meeting with the Bolivian ambassador, Mm -hmm. we don't really see much interaction with that again. Right. Mainly because, um, Russell is already alerted of everything that's happening and they, the president wants to get in front of all of this. That's happening, especially after the coup and they don't want another U.S. congressman to die. And because he snuck down there, even though he wasn't supposed to. Right. So after, uh, Madam Secretary meets with Larry Ames, mm-hmm. who is the congressman, who is very passionate about what's happening. And, um, but she tells her team to not allow Larry any sort of travel to Bolivia, not mm-hmm. to let him go down there. But he of finds a way, does. he finds a group that is willing to sponsor him and mm-hmm. he gets down there. And Long they hold story him short, he gets held captive, um, an armed, Kidnapping, mm-hmm. so we know that they're dangerous and they have, armed. And they have weapons. They have this poison that can basically automatically. Keep, I forgot what it was called. Yeah, but. they keep the poison on them, so whenever they get the signal, they just kill themselves. So it could happen right. at any moment. So that's mm-hmm. why Russell and the president are so adamant about getting in front of this because they honestly, first of all, can't afford for another U.S. government official right. to be involved in something like this, even though he is being held hostage mm-hmm. um but they also can't have this mass right, suicide mass suicide happen under their watch especially now that they know about it right um so it all comes back to henry and elizabeth just wants to set up a phone call mm-hmm. between henry and reverend finch right um you know to not p- try to persuade him out of it but to get the point across that it it should be their choice, the people right. in this cult's choice. You can open the gates to the, where they're all living mm-hmm. and see if they leave. Right. And if they leave, then that's their choice, and that's their religious freedom to do so. But if they stay, then, you know, you it's can't their really, choice. You can, it's their choice, and you can't really do anything about right. it. And she just wants him to make a phone call over there because clearly, you know, the uh, Finch has already released another message saying, like, if anyone messes with us pretty much, like, you're, you become part of it. You're our captive, whatever. But, and that's why, you know, since the president and Russell are so like, hmm, with everything that's been going on, they just want to send in a team. But she's like, no, that's not good enough. So let's do this phone call. But clearly that's not enough for the president either. I was wondering how they were going to get this phone call I, arranged. Me too. I'm like, I mean, I'm sure have- she has her ways, but. It, you know, how can he be sure that he's talking to him? And well, clearly it, something happened because even whenever Henry, you know, we the president says he wants Henry to go to Bolivia. He doesn't want to take any half measures. Um, and we know that our Henry says something like, "I approve this with Finch." So clearly, there's some line of communication with right. them. Obviously, yeah. So yeah, so it turns from a phone call to mm-hmm. Henry going there and speaking with Finch in person. So. Obviously, Elizabeth is a little skeptical about sending Henry down there because right. it is a dangerous situation. She just got back from this, you know, the, from the attack that happened mm-hmm. during the whole coup 
episode that we saw right. and then how that's affecting her now. She's still having her anxiety and not uh, taking her PTSD. meds. Not taking her meds. Let's talk about that for a second before she we needs talk to about take Henry. Them. Yeah, so we see Henry giving her her medicine in the morning, but she mm-hmm. just puts it in her pocket and doesn't take it. And we never actually see her taking the medicine. Right. And she even, she gets worked up like two or three times. Yeah. And you can really hear the no bells reason. ringing. Yeah. So I think that it's something that she should be doing. You know, we kind of touched on that last week. Well, are they just going to make her fine? She definitely seems much, much, much better. Yeah. But she still is having these moments of super intense anxiety. And she's yeah. the Secretary of State. She can't have that. Well, she has a super high stress job, obviously. Exactly. But they're... But her not taking the medicine. I get that she doesn't know how her body will react to the right. medicine or Take like it what it will do. Take it on <laughs> she doesn't really an off day, but, uh, yeah. but you know, it is, it is concerning though, because you don't know if it'll make you just pass out or right. how exactly you'll be affected, but it's also not risking a heart attack exactly. or another panic attack. Mm-hmm. And Henry made a good point about that. Um, but so yeah, we hear the bells ringing in her ears mm-hmm. when all of this is happening and, so I just really hope that there, she finds something out, yeah. you know, to to handle the anxiety. She finds an outlet to make her stress level right. go a little far down. Because, because PTSD just doesn't go away. Exactly. You know, it's got to be treated. It's got to be, you know, handled right at the beginning of it mm-hmm. because it will just, you know, some days you'll be fine and then other days you won't be. Right. And the weirdest thing can trigger it. So... I just I want her to get it under control. <laughs> I want her to be better. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's go back to Henry's mission yes. to Bolivia. Um, he has the whole security detail. They've got snipers in place mm-hmm. um, just to be safe because um, we do know that they're armed. Right. And they want to protect Henry, obviously, at all costs. And he is greeted at the gates by Christine, mm-hmm. who is Mr. Coomer's daughter. Right. Who is the one at the beginning of the episode alerted Madam Secretary about everything that's happening. Right. With the email. So she is apparently very close to Reverend Finch because mm-hmm. she is the messenger, like bringing people to and from him. It's She seems to be one of the leaders because even at the end, she was the one that was called gathering. out the yeah. gathering and called out everyone. So she seemed just very like, hi, welcome. Well, like she's, I don't know. She just well, seems like she was in a state of, yeah. yeah, she 100% same brainwash, brainwash, brainwash. <laughs> I can't say that for a second. Um, so yeah, so she, but tells Henry when he gets to the gate that he can't bring in the security detail. He can't be wired. Right. Um, and even though Reverend Finch had agreed to that before, he says that he's had a change of heart mm-hmm. and only wants it to be Henry. Right. And Henry does it. Yeah. I, I actually wasn't well, surprised Henry's by that. Henry's a hero. Exactly. I was thinking like the whole time, I'm like, don't. But I knew he was going to do it yeah. because he's not just going to go all the way there and then what turn around for these people to all kill themselves in a week or however much time is left. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, Beth was going to freak out because her husband's going into such a crazy situation where we already know that the last person who walked in there, the congressman, is now being held captive in a cave by them. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. But I mean, Henry's Henry. He's not going to give up. Well, and... But now we have all of the security detail there, and they can get a, a, an ear in yeah, there. Yeah, they got like a crazy tall mic. Yeah, they've got a microphone that they can get in there, and so and they have the snipers that have an have a visual inside mm-hmm. for the most part. Not to say that it's not dangerous him going in there, but because they have say, a very limited visual, it's like yeah. of, of a little 
But it's not like opening. him just completely going into the dark and they can't right. hear anything. Um, so he does have some backup to that level. I wish they had something like more discreet on him other than that huge earpiece. Like it they could have like, like put like a little camera, like maybe like in, in his, his button. Button. Yeah, you know. Should we? Should we join the government? Yeah, that maybe. Like we have yeah, no. Or a writer. Should we join the, the government? Join the government. No, I do not want to do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was just, they could have wired him another way, I feel like. Yeah. Instead of just yeah, that like massive a, earpiece. That's that like what Britney Spears wears when she went in concert. <laughs> She's like, uh, that's yeah. what he had on. Yeah, Henry is just trying to channel his inner Britney, I guess. <laughs> uh, but so Christine takes Henry in by himself without any wire or whatever. We lose visual of him for a second, but eventually they get the the microphone working and they can hear what's happening inside the tent. Mm-hmm. Um, but at first, Henry's in the tent with Jeff, who is the deputy, who is the deputy for Reverend Finch. Yeah, and he's like Henry's, the Russell Jackson. Yeah, exa- yeah. Well, Weird, the, what, the, the yeah the the, the you chief know. of staff, if you will. Yes, of the right hand cult. Um, <laughs> yeah. But Henry's trying to have a conversation with Jeff, and he just isn't responding. He's obviously very skeptical of right. Henry being there. Um, More skeptical than the Reverend was. Yeah. Which is, I mean, that's never how it should be. If anyone's going to be skeptical or, like, judge something just right off the bat, it's got, it should be the man in charge, not right. the person behind the man. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Well, Hen- but Reverend Finch loved Henry. Right. He was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're here. So he was, exciting. Yeah, he was like fangirling hard for Henry. Yeah. Like, for sure. <laughs> and, uh, like in my notes, I just have Finch loves Henry. <laughs> and, um, but so Henry is engaging in conversation with Finch. Mm-hmm. Finch seems very interested in Henry's background. Um, so let's just talk about Henry's story for a second. Yeah. So Finch asked Henry, how he got involved with studying religion and, and why his he wants whole, to study God, pretty right, much. Right, exactly. And Henry tells a story about when he was an altar boy and um, he was awarded the privilege of ringing the bell. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he got that opportunity to do so, he says he didn't ring the bell. Right. And then we learn that two weeks earlier, a friend of his had died in a frozen pond, mm-hmm. didn't come back up. And the reverend had said, um, he said, God, we lose sight of God. God went silent on God, me before or yeah, something like that. God, well, God goes silent on us all. Mm-hmm. And so for him to hear that from a reverend who should never, you know, to him at that point would be like, it's just a God w- should never go silent on us if we believe. Wrong worded. Yeah. For sure. So, so that, so that's why he didn't ring the bell. And that's why, that's when he, like he says, got hooked and wanted to study God and right. how people, you know, believe in it or don't believe in it mm-hmm. or what God they do believe in. Right. Um, so I found that very interesting. And Madam Secretary said in the, in the situation room that, um, Henry doesn't just tell that story to anyone. Right. And I don't think, you know, obviously he wanted to establish a certain level of trust with Finch. Yeah. But I don't think that he told him that story just for that reason. Because I think that he, I mean, Finch, even though his ideas may be radical, they are still his, just like Henry said, they're his beliefs. And, you know, no matter what anyone says to Henry, no matter what anyone says to me, like, I believe what I believe, so you're not going to change it. So I think it was a way of him to, because he kept saying, like, he just wants to be recognized or, you know, leaders who a lot of times doomsday groups, they just 
feel the need, they're pressured to like pick a date, like, oh, when is this going to be? And so he thinks that that's what Finch just needs is to be like recognized as, you know, a kind of a religious professional. So I feel like sharing that story was a way to establish trust, but it was also like, this is, you know, I know this is so meaningful to you. This is why this is so meaningful to me. Right. I agree. And, and going off that, Henry did say earlier that, Finch is a religious scholar, so they mm-hmm. do have that in common, and right. they have that story. And Finch seemed fairly reasonable to me. It was yeah. Jeff that was a little sketchy. But during the conversation, it, what Finch was very interested, he was engaging in conversation. Yeah. And that's what Henry said. He likes that debate. He's a scholar. He likes to hear other people's thoughts and blah, blah, blah. They say so, that even with his congregation, he doesn't, he prefers for people to debate back instead of just like blindly listen. Right. I mean, clearly, they're blindly listening in this situation, but he wants, you know, that argument so that he can prove, yeah. I use air quotes purposely there, obviously, yeah. but so that he can prove what he's saying is true. Yeah. But it seems like an easy sell if he engages in debate and all of this stuff, you know, to right. say, because Henry says, you know, religion is a quest or finding your faith is a quest for mm-hmm. everybody. And it's your personal journey that you go on. And so that's why you should open your gates. And if mm-hmm. your people stay, then they're with you. They believe in what you're saying. Mm-hmm. If they leave, then you can't keep them here against their will. Exactly. So, First of all, let me just rewind for a second. When Christine brings in the tea, we were both like, mm, maybe yeah. shouldn't drink that. And no. then later, Russell said, is it just me or should he not drink the tea? And I'm we're like, like, Russell! We're like, no, nope, it's not just you. It's everyone watching Because <laughs> well, I just kept thinking of every. I'm like, don't drink the Kool-Aid. That's <laughs> yeah. all I could think. And Because yeah. clearly we've seen that be very bad in other real yeah. life situations. But... That didn't have anything to do with it. No. At the, the end of the day, was, okay. it could have. Yeah, the tea was fine. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> um, it was Jeff that we had to worry about. Yeah. So we see Jeff, like, trying to tell Finch something. Um, it seems like he's, like, been alerted of something. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's kind of right as he sees Finch kind of being like, oh, mm-hmm. like once Henry being starts intrigued. being like, if this is, you know, if you want to make sure that they believe you and that they are your followers, let them choose, you know, even he says the thing about Jesus being human and that can be fallible and la 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 la. But it's like, if, you know, no one has ever forced anyone. Well, I mean, other than like when people, when governments force religion on people, but I mean, religious leaders have never said you must believe me. And in order to find out who actually does truly follow you and whether they truly believe that, then give them the choice. Don't keep them inside a gate locked with, you know, a huge lock. Exactly. (laughs) Locked with a huge lock. (laughs) Yeah. No, exactly. But when Jeff was eating off of that knife, I was like, something's about to go down. Oh, yeah. And so Jeff takes... Henry by the knife and is basically for a second I thought that he was he was like one of the ones who wants to leave but is being like held there because he mm. was like you made us all come down here and like you're keeping us all in here and now you're changing your mind you can't do that blah blah so I get that frustration first yeah. of all because they're all being basically held ca- captive down there right um, whether they know they are or not mm-hmm. uh, but Jeff seems to know he's like okay you brought us all down here to Olivia to Bolivia you you, you know, you can't just change your mind when we've already decided to kill ourselves right. for this cause. Right. You know what I mean? So, so Jeff obviously has reason to feel passionate, but he doesn't need to take Henry by the Right. By well, the he thinks, throat. he thinks Henry is an aggravator pretty much. Yeah. You know, someone who's just, he's like, he's turning you and 
whatever. But he knows, I mean, clearly he knows the power of words because he's been, you know, persuaded to believe this because of what Finch has said. Yeah. And obviously he's very extremely passionate about it because I just kept thinking whenever he pulled Henry back and had the knife, like, right at his neck, I'm like, he's just going to draw, like, a little blood yeah. and do something like, to, like... Oh, Henry! No. But, you know, those um, snipers but, are trying to get a yeah. shot the entire time. Yeah. Well, Henry kind of does a little back jab to him and puts him in a position that the sniper is able to shoot mm-hmm. Jeff. Um, so Jeff dies and um, and you see Finch like doesn't really know what to do exactly. He doesn't react. He really. doesn't really react but Henry starts praying with him mm-hmm. and you know you kind of feel like something might good happen like maybe maybe uh, Finch will change his mind right. or whatever because they're praying, blah, blah. But it's when Christine comes in, sees the dead body, drops the tea or whatever, mm-hmm. um, that he, Finch tells her that the time is nigh. Right. And she runs out screaming at the to the rest of the nigh. cult. So at that point, though, they have a choice to drink or to and take the poison that they have. Right. Or to not because the whole... uh Armed forces are there saving, well, like taking there, them. Yeah, and they're there because he said Alamo, which was the move to yeah. like let them all come in because whenever that started happening, clearly it was like they're about to kill themselves. So right. then left the people out. Well, and the other out. thing about it is they didn't know, like the we didn't know. I say we, but I mean like yeah. the president and like you know uh, that whether or not they had the poison on them at all times. Like right. they could have been like storing it for when the time is right mm-hmm. or whatever. But apparently they did have it on them, mm-hmm. and um, approximately thirty of them took it. When Henry comes back, we learn that thirty-seven are dead. Right. Um, but there, there were so many that were saved. Right. You see, so many like children get off because the you know the parents took the children with them, yeah. and that was an important thing that Henry said in there. He's like, you have to let them believe this because I mean, a child, especially someone that young, like they don't know. They don't know whatsoever exactly what, what they believe in. Right. Yeah. So it's like you can't, I don't, I don't know. I'm just happy that so many of them got saved except for, you know, Mr. Krumer, 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 Krumer's daughter, Krumer, Christine. Yeah. Christine. But she was clearly one of the leaders. She didn't. I mean, we see her like leading a, a pack well, of people into a she's the one who tells everyone to do it. Right. She does the little That was sad alert. for him though. Yeah. That was a really sad moment when they're all coming back and he's there waiting for her with flowers, with flowers. and it was also an emotional storyline because it, he talks about how difficult it was for his wife to get pregnant mm-hmm. and he had that necklace that he gave to elizabeth in hopes of returning her safe because right. uh, someone in a fertility group have given have given that to his wife right and then after the, she received that necklace she got pregnant mm-hmm. so it's kind of like a good luck charm right so for you know he obviously really cherished his daughter because it wasn't something that was technically supposed to happen right and i don't think that he realized her intensity in it um but that's why you know he asked Bess at the end he's like she did it herself and she said yes yeah well i think he genuinely wanted to believe that you know, she was being held, you know, not that he wanted her to be a hostage by any means, right. but that she wouldn't stay there. And that she wouldn't for her own kill world. herself. Yeah, right. that she didn't want to believe that she would do something like that. Mm-hmm. So to, for her to, you know, give him that news that she did kill herself on her own will, yeah. no one actually forced her to. Yeah, that's heartbreaking, especially for yeah. a parent to, he- to hear. And she tries to give him the necklace back, and he just walks away. Yeah. So that was... 
<laughs> pulling it was on my an emotional moment. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so Henry's back. And he basically saved the day, but he's feeling a little guilty because there were 37 casualties. But right. there would have been so many more if he hadn't been there. Exactly. Um, so that wraps up the episode yeah. with that. Uh, should we Such get into episode. some predictions? Yes. And now, you're after Buzz TV. Predictions. I don't even know where to go with predictions at this point. <laughs> yeah, well, we talked last week about wanting Henry to be back in action and right. we got that this week so that was good. Um I what in the promo what do we see? We see just another Oh, um, the guy saying that the only bad thing that happened from the coup he's talking to the president was um, you know, it just made his judgment look bad. And- yeah. So it looks like I I I want to see more about the president. Mm-hmm. And is he good? Is he bad because we see Madam Secretary at the end saying, you know, I didn't even want to be Madam Secretary, like the Secretary of State. I'm mm-hmm. here because of you. Mm-hmm. So I want to know what that conversation is. I think it's probably like a, um, because she's not getting the brunt of anything from the coup, but of course she's not. She saved the day, essentially, even yeah. though obviously the president is numero uno. Even if it was her that saved the day, he still technically gets the credit because he delegates to all of them but he also gets the backlash from it and i think that he's just probably having a problem with that and is talking to her about like you did all of this and blah 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 blah. yeah um because i think people are also saying really really great things specifically about her right now and maybe some bad things about him so i think he's probably a little like Oh, he probably just feels like she's taking his light and that right. she might want to run for president or have some, like, competition And there. that's why I feel like that could be why she says, like, I didn't even... I'm here because of you. Like, I didn't even want to be here. Yeah. She's like the mat to his mat yes. secretary. Yes. If that makes sense. It's um, <laughs> so I want to predict about um, Stevie. I feel like this relationship with Arthur isn't going to last... Um, Something I don't think about know. it. I just feel like she, I definitely think she's very smart. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if she's like mature enough for a relationship with a 40 year old man. Like, I can't imagine Stevie as a mom to that eight year old. No, not at all. You know all. what I mean? Like, I get her being in a relationship with him. That could maybe work. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he has a daughter, mm-hmm. I just can't picture her as a mother type yeah. figure. I think it'll go on. For a bit, but I think that it's not going to ultimately go anywhere. Yeah, just her. to be something, but I don't think it's going to ultimately go anywhere. Like, I don't see wedding bells in the future or anything yeah. like that. But, yeah, I think it'll just be a thing. I, and I, it could ultimately be a good thing for her because she could learn a lot from it. But I think that, no, nah, that's not yeah. going to be anything. Yeah, I feel you. All right. Well, that about does it for us this week. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. April, where can we find you on social media? Y'all can find me on Twitter and Instagram at April Wissenhant. And you can find me at Sterling Cage and, of course, all of us at AfterBuzz TV. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Next week. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.